Gentlemen, our old enemy James Bond was on that aircraft. The faces around the table hardened, all turned towards Blofeld. It was Mascro who spoke at last. You want me to put out a contract on him in the old days when your leader cut him short? It has been tried before. No, no contracts. No specialists sent to London. I have personal scores to settle with Mr. Bond. Welcome to the James Bond Complex. Uh, we are a podcast where we um, discuss, rejoice, and enjoy. We really enjoy our, our stuff. The entire uh, James Bond phenomenon from uh, Fleming to film and everything in between. Ooh. Oh. And tonight, well, this morning or this afternoon, depends on when you're listening, uh, we have a special episode. And uh, for the first time for a book review, we have... Uh, 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 we have a co-host, uh, a co-host other uh, than me, other, yeah, a third co-host, but it's not Jason. Um, it's somebody that I've discovered while looking for other James Bond podcasts because I actually listen to a lot of them. I don't listen to almost to every episode of every show, but I, I've listened to at least one show of every podcast. But this show, I'm a particular fan of because not only is the show incredibly well researched, uh, it's uh. It's also somebody that we've met and somebody mm-hmm. from the province, somebody mm-hmm. uh, that um, uh, that uh, I'll refer to as a given name. It's Emery Carmier from the Interman, Int- Intrepid 007 podcast. Good, af- good, good morning. <laughs> Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Thank you very much for that uh, for that intro, Matt. And thank you uh, very much for having me on the show today. Um, happy to be here. So yeah, I'm the host of the Intrepid 007 podcast, uh, creeping up on my one year anniversary of the podcast. So congratulations, you guys need to catch up. Whoever's not listening already, you guys need to catch up a little bit. You're missing out. Félicitations pour ton beau programme. Merci, merci. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, uh, you wanted to go through what your, your particular take on, you know, I've discussed your show on our show before. Uh, yeah. The, the way I think I described it, yours is more like like 007 dad podcast in, in some aspect, but there's also <laughs> a very... In some aspects. In, in some aspects, but there's a very well research and the the last couple of episodes your your discussion about the uh the camp x and even your experience even though it's not all that it's not that great and i think you <laughs> you were a little bit disappointed but i've still found it fascinating i wanted to go there uh, a few years ago and i i missed the opportunity and uh, right now i think i'm glad i missed it i don't think there's there's unfortunately well, I, yeah well i didn't regret going because I, I still wanted to see it for the historical aspect because, you know, the historical aspect of espionage and everything that involves, you know, British espionage and Canadian espionage, uh, a little less of the Canadian side because we don't necessarily have that much of a contribution to the world of espionage as it is right now. But when it came to Camp X and when it came to uh, William Stevenson, the man called Intrepid, that was an incredible contribution that we made at that time. So as a, on a historical side it was it was great to visit it um but don't expect 
much when you're there because like i said there's no signs you don't know how to get there unless you have gps um there's no parking lot for it it's basically a big concrete structure with four flagpoles and some flowers and that's about it so um i'm really into the historical side of bond yeah i'm i'm it's more of a dad bond kind of thing too because you know i've i i kind of adapt the whole world of james bond around um what's more feasible for the everyday person and we don't have all have the budget of some other james bond influencers who are out there who can go out and buy the tom ford suits and the oracle bar brown swim shorts and um a toweling onesie that i find would be absolutely ridiculous if anyone <laughs> wants to send me one for free go ahead i've i've said it a couple of times free sunglasses i don't know where what jeff's done with those i'm still waiting for them but you know um uh, i i can't i i just feel that it's it's you can achieve so much more uh with humble means rather than having to go out and spend the big bucks and it's still a james bond experience you can have james bond experiences without uh dishing out four thousand dollars for a the, suit. the expense account basically mm. No, no, it, it, exactly. Because we don't have an expense account. I don't have. I don't burn through money. Um, you know, I, I, I try and do what I can with what I've got. But there's still like the Slazenger Polo was one of those prime examples where I, you can get a Bond brand. I have brand to pull the trigger for that. I, I have to get one because that's actually I've seen you in it, and it's a good polo, and it's a Bond brand. Like you said, it's a mm -hmm. Bond brand. Yeah. It's, it's it still remains a bond brand and it's cheap i picked one up the other day from amazon and it was a, a 20 dollars thing I, wow. i spent more money on david lee's uh mi6 t-shirt than i did on the slashinger polo ah yeah that was pretty cool too actually <laughs> it's it's really i'm wearing it right now you can't see because i i wouldn't share a video with you guys right now because <laughs> the room i'm in has got a giant hole in the wall so uh oh, <laughs> it's not chic <laughs> it's a podcast once we start doing youtube yeah. but we might uh do something different but right now it's 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 an audio form it eventually yeah. but i i mean this episode is going to be coming out weeks after uh we've met, we'll we'll meet in person or we've met in person by the time this episode airs uh because right. uh we'll, people will have seen you also and we'll probably be posting tons of video during the global james bond day um yeah you know that's that's gonna be a it, or it was an interesting experience it was fantastic there it was it was it just great I night <laughs> I, uh, the 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 people we schmoozed with yeah i still have the rashes it's uh, oh great. and you remember you remember that guy who did the thing i mean that was incredible i'm oh, still yeah. feeling that i'm still feeling you know that that. that that gamble i made and i won big i was so happy uh -huh. that i don't remember uh -huh. you don't remember oh yeah you weren't there <laughs> Um, so yeah, well, without further ado, well, we're, 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 I think all of us are sort of um, trying to avoid talking about uh, the uh, the subject of uh, this particular show. It's it's like we don't really want to talk about it, but we have to we have to bite the bullet and mm. um, discuss our due diligence. We said everything in between, and ooh la la, uh, yeah. here we go. So where this is definitely in between the couch cushions next to the stale m&ms and pass a couple of pennies this is where this lies hey, yeah exactly you warned this us is where this lies when we met this summer uh you warned us about the and i think even on 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 the facebook you you told me about uh at least this one i know you you're not the particular big fan of Gar garner but we we edgar and i both 
enjoyed to some degree for special services and we're doing the second opus for special services uh really re- there are some yeah well there's there's some positive parts of for special services but i i, I remembered it differently than when i started to rereading and i'm like ah there's there's certain things um that that kind of there's there's things that bother me still and rereading it just makes it it just bothers me more i i the gardener is he's his stuff gets better later but this in particular is the bottom of the barrel this is if it was a movie it'd still be worse than die another day in my opinion <laughs> wow you know we just discussed uh, the t- i i know you guys just discussed this that's why i'm bringing it this is even below that this is <laughs> you, you take the cast and you just you just cut it into D-list actors and you kind of get this. Um, the, the, the only good thing about it that I find is the name. I think it would be a great film title for special services. It it would would have been great as a title. Still would be great as a title. Yeah. And the connection to Intrepid as well. It's kind of a backdoor connection, but it, it's still there. So I kind of like it for that. But everything else is a little lacking. Maybe uh, tell us a little bit about that connection, uh, the title. Yeah, sure. The, the for special services, um, it was the inscription on um, the uh, a pistol that Ian Fleming received. And Fleming, during the war, of course, worked for the Special Operations Executive, which was the British. Um, it wasn't quite MI6. MI6 did exist at that time, but they weren't necessarily doing much counterespionage and um, kind of the dirty espionage that the SOE would take care of during the war. Uh, and I'm talking about the second world war. Um, so Fleming was a big part of that. Fleming was one of the planners, um, for the SOE and he worked closely with intrepid who was William Stevenson, who was, um, the head of the British security coordination, which was based in New York, but was pretty much handling everything that happened, uh, in North America, going down to South America, all of the intelligence work and all the, um, interception of um, cables and mm-hmm. uh, radar signals and things like that. So um, basically his job, Intrepid's job, was the go-between between the British government and the American government. And what they had set up was they set up the OSS for the American side because they didn't have the CIA yet. They had the FBI and a few other certain smaller intelligence organizations but the big one had become the oss and that was headed by uh william donovan or wild bill donovan and wild bill donovan worked closely with fleming when it came time to create the cia fleming basically wrote the outline of what the cia was to be and kind of their charter for the cia and to thank him uh, he presented him with a 38 colt police positive revolver with the inscription for special services. So that's where the name comes from. It was never used by Fleming for anything else, but it, it's a really great Fleming connected name that was never used by Eon for whatever reason. But I strongly feel that they should use it in the future because it, it's a great title. Yeah, it is a great title. It's probably the best thing about the book. <laughs> <laughs> it is the best thing about the book for sure because as soon as you read the first couple of chapters it's like eh, it doesn't work oh god uh, but you guys you i'll know, let you guys do the uh, synopsis and all that and because uh, i know yeah you, you guys the uh, didn't read the book so i have to i'm just going with the flow when i hear people say it's a bad book i decide not to read it <laughs> um, oh no i read the book i reread it this week and i finished it this afternoon so it's it's very very fresh i reread the whole thing and 
still disappointing. Oh, I, I haven't read it, so I'm going to need Matthew. Can you tell me exactly? Can you tell me exactly what happens in this? <laughs> okay, I'll try to be brief, and if if I stumble or uh, don't mention certain parts, I mean, we can go through. I I wrote down notes, but after I think chapter twelve, I I, I stopped writing down notes. I mean. I'm going to go a little bit off the cuff for this one. Um, you guys are going to need my help because I, yeah, yeah. I, I have a synopsis, though. <clears throat> so here we go. Inspector. The last words of a terrorist gunned down by James Bond during a, an attempted plane hijacking are the first clue that hint at the return of a reborn Spectre. Bond's suspicions are confirmed when CIA agent Cedar Leiter, daughter of his old friend Felix, arrives at MI6 office to recruit 007 to investigate the death of an FBI agent that went missing after investigating Marcus Bismacker, an American millionaire. The reason for Bond's expertise being required? A note left on the dead agent's body hinting at a new blowfield. The MI6 team, knowing that Bismacker is an obsessive collector of rare prints, create a series of fake prints so that Bond and Cedar undercover can visit the man's huge ranch in Amarillo, Texas. After an, a few attempts on their life, Bond and Cedar make it to Rancho Bismacker. Uh, there, they come across Marcus Bismacker himself, his investment banker, Walter Luxor, and Bismacker's young wife, Nina Bismacker. Uh, Bond and Bismacker make a bet for the prince. Fortunately, Bond wins. Later, 007 beds Marcus's one-breasted, lonely trophy wife and convinces himself that Bismacker is, in fact, the new Blofeld. Um, after making sure that Cedar is able to get out of Rancho Bismacker, Bond discovers that the reborn Spectre plans to take over the controls of NORAD and hijack uh, the space weapon uh, called Space Hounds, I think. Space Wolves. Space, space Wolves. wolves. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> Space Wolves. Un unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, Bond is captured and brainwashed into believing he is an American general assigned to inspect NORAD. During the, the, during the attempted takeover, Bond regains his identity and is able to sabotage the attack. Saved by Nina, Bond returns to Bismacker's ranch and to wait for Marcus's return after an evening of lovemaking with Nina, Bond awakens only to witness Bismacker being killed by Nina. She was the new head of Blofeld. The new, she was the new Blofeld, uh, the illegitimate daughter of his harsh enemy. A new Blofeld's reign of terror is cut short, though, as she is killed by Felix Leiter arriving just in time. And, you know, uh, Felix uh, sort of gives away his daughter to Bond. It's really creepy. And the Bond... The, 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 <laughs> unfortunately, for all of us, the book ends. Mm. Sounds great. Thank so, God that that's where it ended. Because if they had described the love scene between Felix Leiter's daughter and his best friend, that would have been, like, the ultimate creep show. Creepy, 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 creepy. You know, I... We, we played a casting game uh, usually because I create the posters, but I've I've stopped uh, doing posters. But who did you who do you guys picture as Felix's daughter, Felix's daughter, uh, Cedar, and uh, Nina Goldfeld's uh, uh, daughter? Because I, I think I came up with pretty decent ideas. I'm particularly proud of myself. I mean, any. Uh, you have to think about 1980. If that okay, so we're casting in the 80s. Yeah, you have to okay. cast. Um, 
that book was made around the time of uh, its publication. Linda Hamilton, or sooner or later. That's not too bad, actually. And, uh... Yeah, I can see Linda Hamilton as as the. I'm trying to think of some '80s actresses that. I was thinking of Jamie Lee Curtis myself. As as a cedar. Yeah. Cedar lighter. Yeah, they could have worked. Well, I mean, you can even go. I mean, if we ignore that uh, living daylights happen, we can go with what's her name. Um, uh, what's her name now? She played. Mariam Dabo. No, 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 not living. Sorry, not living daylights. License to Kill. Um, she played Pam. Um, she was in Law and Order. What's her name? With the short hair. God, I have a Carrie Lowell. Yeah, Carrie Lowell. Yes, yes. I would have seen Carrie Lowell in that role, and then for Bismecker would have to have been. Uh, it's that's a so it's a hard. Oh, I, I didn't think of that at all. I could, um, I could probably see. Um, who's the the one that plays uh, Rachel in Blade Runner? Um, yeah, uh, what's her name? She was in Aston uh, Ace Ventura. It's uh, or whatever. Oh yes, 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 yes. Um, Whatever that 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 actress. I was her, think, yeah. I was thinking, and you know, you're gonna say uh, who? Uh, Sarah Douglas. Uh, probably sure none of you. And does not ring a bell. Uh, remember Superman two, the Kryptonian Superwoman uh, with uh, black hair, short black hair. Oh yeah, that that could have worked too. Yeah, yeah, I can see that working. I know who you're talking about. I just, I wouldn't have thought by name, but yeah, that would have worked too. As as yeah. So that's the most fun we can have talking about this movie. So, I mean, we the, the book starts and it's you know, it, 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 weirdly enough, it starts in, in a plane again. It's the second Gardner book and the second book that starts on a plane because that's how the uh, is the other one in uh, in an airport? Uh, he, uh, he's in a plane. I think he's changing in the hmm. plane, but it's 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 something with planes. And it's just yeah, it's the plane is going from one place to another, and they've already changed over and taken new passengers, and they're in the air, and he's obsessed with the fact that everyone has a gun, and they're just going to depressurize the cabin because twenty years after Goldfinger, that seems what we're all obsessed about is is piercing a fuselage, and and you know the spontaneous depressurization of the cabin is is so dangerous. <laughs> Um, that, that bothered me that they went into like a whole page about how they should be having that high powered guns on the plane. That just bothered me so much just right in that first chapter. And the fact that he's in bond is supposed to be in the Navy and he's working as an airman. Yeah. That was a little weird. Doesn't make sense. It's, uh, and also the first chapter sort of repeats itself right after cause you, the first chapter, it's from. All oh, right, it's the air control dude. Yeah. Uh, the noticing the blips on the or the lack of the bleeps on the map, and then the the bleep returns. Actually, that that first chapter got me excited because it's like it's only into that action sequence, and the last words like a uh, commander Bond saved us. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then y you go back in the same sequence and you see it from Bond's point of view. I'm like, why did I waste like what five to six pages reading the controller's point of view? That that's like right there and there. That's waste of paper a couple it could have just been recapped as a debriefing like two minutes after so well thank you for uh, yeah. commander bond for doing what you did and you know just a brief explanation of what happened instead of going I, I can understand it kind of sets up what's coming up later and setting up why the plane was being hijacked because of what was on board and then we find out why it was being hijacked and 
but there is some unnecessary stuff in there again. Yeah, although the action sequence itself is decent. I kind of liked it. It's fine. It's it's fine. It's just it is the definition. It just finds an action sequence. Blah, blah, blah. But it also sets up how obsessed they are with knives throughout the whole half, first half of the book. Because the whole thing with the briefcase later on with the knives in the briefcase and it's I, I you know, okay, Bond's good with knives, but why do we have to keep talking about it? <laughs> We'll try to. I don't have John Garner's phone number, unfortunately. Unfortunately, he's been dead for what oh, twenty he, years. Oh, is he dead? He's dead. Oh, oh less than that. I think he died in two thousand seven. Still, oh, no. okay. Six feet under. He's he's he's, he's in the ground and being eaten by worms. We can say whatever we want about his books. No one's gonna come after us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just it, <laughs> it, 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 it's part of the the Bond experience, but it's. Uh, You know, it's it, it 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 it's something that I'm not a big fan of. Spec. I'm not a big fan of the concept of Spectre. I think I mentioned it, but from the impression, we we all read Fleming's original material, right? Mm. Mm. So I, the impression I got is that after Thunderball, Spectre is done. There's no more Spectre in uh, Majesties. I I don't think it's really. Uh, it's like five five or six goons that. Blofeld managed managed to 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 get a hold of, but it's not Spectre anymore. It's it's sort of a remnant. It's 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 uh, after Spectre. And by the time you're in Yolanda twice, there, it's just him and Armar Bunt. There's nobody else that like, he's he's and he's losing it. I, I've never subscribed to the uh, notion that Spectre existed uh, past. Uh, from the movie, the, the movies tell a different story, obviously. But the book, I always felt that. You know, after Thunderball, it's done. It and who would join Spectre when you think about it? Because he he betrayed all the members. He he sort of left them to be arrested, and he's the only one who made it out unscathed. So oh, I guess I'd have to reread that chapter in Thunderball and maybe what the history of Spectre is, how long it had existed before Thunderball begins. I don't remember that exactly. Maybe it had a perhaps it had a richer history. It's, prior to that you know it, 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 it it's you know they've been around but i don't think like, it it's it, 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 it was double dealing with uh, uh with people during the war and he sort of took the, uh, the blofeld took the the opportunity to erase his identity during the war so he, he's mm. got no country he's sort of a a ghost but yeah, I, I'm, you know what i'm not a fan of the character i'm not like Sorry, one of the better things that happened to the Bond franchise move as movies is they weren't able to use Blofeld for almost oh yeah almost 30 years. It's only recently that they they they've been able to to regain reuse the character, and I feel it's a it's a mistake. It's not a it, it's not the Joker to James Bond's uh, Batman. It, it is in uh, the notion that they're gonna bring him back, and they never say uh, the new Spectre leader. It's like Blofeld now is a title. I am Blofeld. I'm like, eh. and that's what I didn't like either like i don't mind that specter is revived because i can kind of understand that oh maybe there was some remnants of it and then they just reformed it after a couple of years kind of like a star wars that they're doing now the empire is defeated but the first order kind of comes back and it's the same people but just you know a different name and i can kind of understand that part of it 
but to spoil it within the first three chapters of saying Blofeld is talking to everyone at the table, it's it's a little too much because now we're thinking, well, is Blofeld revived? Is it someone else assuming the title? It didn't have to say Blofeld. They could have just gone back to number one. Yes. Or instead, here they say leader all the time, but they could have just said number one, number two, like the old days. If they really wanted it to be Spectre, that's how it should have been done and not mention Blofeld's name at all. That's right. It's something I didn't pick up on, but it's it's sure they should have went the, with numbers. But I guess uh, saying that there is a new Blofeld sells more books. But you could have spoiled it later instead of doing it in the first three chapters because now it's like, well, what are we anticipating? We're just now yeah. waiting for 15 chapters to find out who Blofeld is. We know he's there, but who is he? Rather than kind of keep us on the edge of our seat, is it Blofeld or isn't it? Instead of just saying, you know, Blofeld said this. Oh, well, shit, that's... It's, it's, not, it's not really a particularly good twist either. It, it is, uh, you know, it's it, it's something that it, it feels like the, the entire book was based on how they're not going to expect that the new Blofeld is a woman. <gasps> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like, I mean, it's the gender swap that became popular in the last couple of years, too. It's just gender swap the bad guy or just gender swap like in uh, what was the, the the Terminator movie where the Terminator was a woman? That was like the big thing. Like, oh, now Terminator's a girl. Um, <laughs> it's 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 a good. It's it's interesting that they've done the swap, but at the same time, it's it's unnecessary. And uh, I just it didn't have to be done like that. It could have been done a hundred different ways, and he could have also waited a few books in to bring Spectre back instead of saying, "Well, my first book was okay. Let's." Yeah. spoil the whole thing by bringing back you know the biggest enemy that bond has ever faced in the second book and see how it goes from there he ended up writing another couple after that i don't know how they let him do that but he did oh this is not the last time we see specter i don't know they're, they're coming back mm -hmm. a couple more times they do come back a couple more times because I've read not the whole series of gardeners but i've read a good portion of them they do come back and i think that another person takes up the mantle of the head of Spectre later on, but I don't remember when which book. They kind of move away from it, and there's some other great books in the Gardner series that discuss completely different things, but it's also the whole, well, Bond is in the 70s and 80s now, but it's still the same Bond that was, you know, in the 50s in Casino Royale, so that doesn't make sense the ever-changing timeline it's just that yeah. they, they, they make so many references to his past that you know it, 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 at first after a while it becomes stale like they make reference to live and let die to majesties in this book you're like even even men with the golden gun is so, sort of uh, refer i don't understand reference. why they feel they have to do that i remember reading uh, well, i know we're not reviewing devil may care but i remember the first time i read that one he just kept on referencing past books I'm like, why is he doing this i don't understand i don't understand i couldn't understand why gardner was doing it in this book either it felt a little bit lazy it feels like easy brownie points like you know it's it's lazy writing it's lazy writing throughout this whole book uh cedar lighter is lazy writing it's like why create a whole new character when we could just make it the daughter of someone else and twice in the same book it's blofeld's daughter and felix's daughter in the same book it's like how lazy can you be instead of sitting down doing a whole character development of someone completely new, let's just tack her on to someone else's character and we know all her backstory already. It could have worked if it was 
part thematically a part of the book as uh, the, the characters you mentioned are uh, characters are that bond had uh, that bond knew and had children bond doesn't have any children and if they worked it in thematically that oh maybe uh, bond regrets uh, and he's aging and he wish he had a, a daughter no no he just he just wants to bang his his, his best friend's his daughter. best friend's daughter it's, which and is, you know as the father of a daughter none of my friends are touching her <laughs> And if they look at her crooked, I'm decking them. That's like, it's not going to happen. I, Felix Leiter, just like, here, just take her. What? The? Yeah. No, <laughs> no that's, that makes no, not even in the 80s, in the 60s, maybe because everyone was on drugs, but we're in the 80s and no, it doesn't make sense. And it's the worst. He beds the daughter of the men that killed his wife. There's something like, he, did, he doesn't know yeah. about it at the time. Yeah, but he still, didn't know what that's still in the book. <laughs> he still did. But wait, hang on, hang on. Blofeld didn't kill her. Wasn't it Irma Bunt that killed her? I so oh, it's 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 uh passes for it was, this it was under the auspices of it's still it's still just like on the long list of things that don't work. It's just not very good, and it's 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 on Amerishi's secret service. He 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 entices the villain with. Uh, something in only Majesty's it's uh, title here it's Prince, uh, uh, and after, yeah. after he assumes an identity of somebody scholar, he goes to the country another country. The the, the 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 costume, the disguise doesn't work very long. Uh, instead of being trapped in the uh, having to you know escape uh, a, a a mountain uh, either way, he's he's trapped in the swamp. And uh, yeah, yeah. Th there's so many things that are from Majesty's. It's and that boards. didn't make sense either. The swamp was like, why? Yeah, I couldn't because they put a giant snake in it. I couldn't understand because Rancho Bismarcker is in Texas, mm -hmm. Texas. There's the chapter earlier when we're reintroduced to the new version of Spectre, which is in Louisiana, and that's where they find they found the bodies. So it's implied that. Right. They moved the they, they killed the people in Louisiana. I was getting confused at parts in the book where Garner was describing Rancho Bismarcker, alluding to the fact that around the conference building there's a jungle like area. I was like, Oh, is that the jungle from the start of the No, that can't be because they're in Louisiana in the in the first few chapters. So what's this jungle? And Bismarcker himself says, like, oh, you know, don't go around there because they're they're animals. I'm like, oh, he's talking about the huge serpent that no, he can't be talking about that because that's in Louisiana. So like I was getting confused at times as why is there a a forest or a jungle type of area around the conference building if it's not the area from at the start of the book? That was a bit strange. It's really, and it's a book that uh, it features. Uh, it, it's something that you know. Uh, I, I kind of like in theory in uh, the man with the golden gun, but in practice, it it, it was kind of it, it didn't amount to anything. But the brainwash, like plot twist, which is introduced, I think in chapter twenty, and it's like twenty two yeah. chapter. Like the book is like twenty two or thirty three chapter. I'm like. Why do you introduce well, brainwashing? Well, hold on a second. It's not introduced that late. There is the um, when him and Bond and Cedar do a little bit of reconnaissance at night. They do peer through a window, and they can see Bismarcker and Luzer, Luzer, Luxer, 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 Luther, Luther. Yeah, sure. Uh, Bismarcker and Luther looking at not looking at, but they're they're testing out 
how efficient the uh, ice cream drug is. You know, oh, sure, you can go <laughs> go ahead and rape my wife. Sure, go ahead and kill her. And it's fine. You're the boss. So they do. You know, the 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 seeds are planted earlier than than that. Boom! Uh, but it's still book. lazy because we've done it already. We've done it at in 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 another book that Fleming wrote that was great and it worked and mm. he did it. So let's recycle it for a continuation novel. It's oh, maybe it's, it wasn't fresh in our minds because the, this novel was what sixteen years after the last published work of Ian Fleming. Uh, maybe it works in that sense because we've forgotten about it, but it's still lazy writing because you're just recycling a concept that we've already seen. It's not the angels of death. It is uh, the mm. uh, angel, the sweet, the angels of sweetness. Ooh, here's some ice cream. <laughs> Follow your leader. <laughs> Follow, uh, yeah. just, uh, and mm. the end game here, which was the infiltration of the Cheyenne Mountain <sighs> compound to steal tapes. It was a bit of a letdown, like because when Spectre has its its meeting, they basically uh, the, the the members of Spectre are heading to Rancho Bismarcker to the conference building, and then uh, Walter Loser Loser looks <laughs> gives this huge speech, and you know he's alluding to new tech at the time, and as a, as a time capsule, it's kind of an interesting speech because it's sort of you're reminded of how. How? It's it's the uh, what's his name Ronald Reagan's Star Wars mm. like the uh, and I was like wow that I I had forgotten like, I had forgotten about that yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah the plot for license renewed is so much better by comparison it's like, oh for sure yeah yeah no it was just a little bit strange how it, how uh, yeah the end game was just to steal some tapes <laughs> I don't know it, it felt very the, there's this whole book has an uh, has an aura about it of of disappointment, almost as though maybe Garner blew his load a little bit too early. Uh, not to say that License Renewed is a great piece of, of Bond literature, but it's solid overall. And then a little bit like what you were saying earlier, uh, Emery, he just said, well, I guess I'll, you know, I'll go for the jugular now with book number two. And maybe did he write it too quickly? Cause it's published like a year after, uh, and no, mind you, Fleming did that as well, but I don't know. And plus, it's 300 pages, so there's a lot of content. Yeah. I don't know. It feels like a lot of ideas that don't really coalesce. You know how much I paid for the audiobook version of that <laughs> wonderful book? I paid $30. What the heck? Why did you do that? Because I couldn't. It's not It's not available on Audible. I think it's the only Gardner book that's not available on Audible. Uh, all the all the next ones are uh, available, and I've, I've been piling them up on, on my Audible account and buying them. Boop. Each time uh, I, I my subscription renews, I'm like, oh, well, I'll get this book. I'll get this book. So I have three or four that uh, are already ready to be uh, heard. But this one, I have to go on Google Play to and buy it buy it by myself. And I'm like, when I saw the price, I'm like, uh, I'm never gonna re-listen re to it. Is but it he does better stuff. His books get. No, I, I, uh, no Deals, Mr. Bond was one of my favorites. Broken Claw is, uh, apart from some little kind of clumsy moments, uh, Broken Claw is, is, is a good concept and it, it, it holds itself together. Um, some of the other things that he comes in later with, uh, I know he's really into technology too, Gardner, because the whole, the, the sob was the big thing. <laughs> I don't understand why it was a sob. It bothers me still. It's, it's but weird. The, he, yeah. That's that's honestly that's something that's weird because he makes all these references to 
uh, and he, he's try he tries to he tries to modernize the character. Oh, he's drawing the sob. Oh, but now he's lower the the cigarettes have lower t- <laughs> content. But it's just it just yeah. But you're not really talking about the character. I but mean, the details and the research, the research and the details he puts into the sob are super interesting. Because at first I kind of dismissed the fact that the sob would be able in the in the the Grand Prix that they do at uh, Rancho Bismacker against a Shelby GT350. I'm like, well, come on, you're you're not going to beat a Shelby GT350 with a, f- excuse my language, but with a fucking sob, you're not. It's it's, it's not going to happen. It's, it's it's. But then I kind of researched all the modifications that. Gardner suggesting to be done and Saab actually built the car there is one that they built um, with the exact specifications because everything Gardner did to it is actually something that can be done um, and the horsepower on it would have matched the 65 or 64 Shelby uh, nose to nose and they would have had this belt the same 0 to 60 times and the Saab actually had a higher um, limit they would go to 170 miles an hour, whereas the Shelby would only get to 140. So it it would have competed theoretically with the Shelby, but why does he? I don't understand why he begs M to let him bring it over from London all the way to the states. Like just rent him a car, <laughs> just get another. He he wouldn't Fleming wouldn't have done that. Fleming would have just said, okay, well, M won't let me bring the car. I'll just pick something up there, and Felix would have hooked him up with something souped up. We we that would have been obvious to me. It, it is like product placement. That's what it feels like. But Saab has no money, and they didn't have money in the eighties, <laughs> and they didn't have money later. So like really? he wasn't. John Gardner was inventing a product placement. So I'm gonna put a Saab in there, hoping that Saab benefits from this, but they never did because Saab eventually went under. They made the car. Based on the specs, one car got made and they got buried in their museum until they sold it a couple of years ago. No one knows where this car is and nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody's going looking for it. No one in the Bond community is, is asking, where is that Saab 900? Nobody cares. Yeah. Uh, there, there's much, there's many more Astons that we need to worry about. And the Saab, this is like a front wheel drive turbocharged car. I mean, it's dime a dozen nowadays. Why would we care about a Saab? And I mean, for an American audience, they're saying a Saab going against a Shelby. No, it's not. It's, it's Shelby is like the 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 top for American muscle cars. You, you, you can't even. I can't even imagine why they didn't do a nod to Roger Moore and put him in a Lotus or you know mm-hmm. the Aston Martin Vantage was being sold at that time or a Jaguar or you know something British. Gardner's British. Put a, something. Putting him in something British. Change it up. Like it doesn't matter what. A Jensen Interceptor would have been better. Well, maybe I don't know, but I'm if I'm going to play devil's advocate for a moment, possibly because they were on American soil, they're in Texas, so they want to go all American. I don't know. I'm, I'm spitballing. Isn't Saab a German? Type? No, I'm referring to the uh, Saab is Swedish. Swedish, the, but the American uh, car. Oh yeah, but I mean, like if I, my my idea would have been, or what would have probably worked better in my mind is let's forget Cedar Lighter, put him back working with Felix Lighter. And Felix would have hooked him up with something souped up when he got in, because Felix was known for that. Felix would yeah. dri- was driving a um, a Studilac or you know the Studebaker with a Cadillac engine. He would have hooked him up with something cool, and Bond would have just gone along with it. And that that kind of bothered me that like you know Bond is being so picky about his things because when Fleming wrote it, you know he he wouldn't be happy with some of the choices, but he would have just rolled with the punches. Yeah, it's kind of like when he's forced to pick up, take a new gun. He would have, like, when it's an order, he's going to 
follow it. But yeah, it, it, it was a little bit weird. Like, yeah. I really, I really, really want my car. It's honestly. I want my car and I'm hiding a gun in the car that M doesn't know about and it's my gun. I don't care. And that's, when he that's goes not to. Uh, that's Archer. That's really an Archer move. I want my car. Yeah. That is an Archer move, and that's something that we see later on, and that's a perfect parody of James Bond. But we, you know, if Bond was was to be told, "No, you're changing guns," he'd be like, "All right," like he's not happy about the the H and K VP seventy. And okay, fine, but like you know, don't make such a big deal out of it. We already discussed it in the first book. We don't have to bring it back in the second. We don't have to discuss his disdain for it. And he wants to get his PPK <laughs> back. Nobody cares. Like, just shut up, take the gun, and you know, no one's buying this book anyway. So, who cares about what gun you're Ooh. using? Whoa, he gets a cooler gun later. It, it, this book sold. I don't have the but if it, 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 they're still reprinting it to, to some degree, not the not easily available, but it, it must have sold decently, or else he'd he wouldn't have been able to write more. But it's. Oof. Oh, he he got to write many more after that. I don't know how. Maybe Saab was paying him under the table. That's how he was getting it. But you know, he, the 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 gun issue is like he's trying to modernize. He's giving him you know a, a better gun. But the one he gets later in the books, the ASP nine millimeter, is a much cooler James Bond gun than even the PPK, in my opinion. I think it's the coolest Bond gun you could have, and they never use it in the movies. And we only see it in Gardner a little bit, but it was the cooler gun compared to the VP70 or, you know, anything else that he used after that. Oh, what made it so cool? I, I'm not very familiar with guns. So what, what makes it such a cool gun? The ASP 9mm was designed by um, a guy named Paris Theodore. And what he did to it is he took a, a, Smith, a Smith & Wesson uh, Model 39 and he removed the grips kind of the idea like how Fleming had done it with the Beretta, making it a kind of like a skeleton grip. So you remove the grips, but instead of removing them completely, he put on clear plastic grips so that you could see how many how many bullets you had left in the magazine. Oh, okay. So that was kind of out of functionality to it. Um, they rounded out the hammer so that it doesn't snag when you're pulling it out of the holster. Uh, they modified the sights so that wouldn't pull either. They cool. covered the whole thing in Teflon. So it was really like teched out and they only made about 500 of them. And I had talked to uh, Ray from Bond Armory, and he's possibly going to do a video on it because oh, I nice. think he has got access to one eventually. Um, but it's it's a super cool firearm for Bond. But, I mean, in this book, it's just it's just plain, and they're complaining right. about his PPK again. And it's like, get over it. We've, we've, yeah. This is recycled from Fleming because he did the same thing about the Beretta in after yeah sure with love he did the same kind of you know moaning over it and bitching and moaning for yeah. a little bit it's recycled it. yeah that's true well i mean there are a lot of things that are recycled in this book i mean not just specter but you know blofeld and and uh, or when I, I i i'm trying to wrap my head around just the notion of yes i'm gonna put felix slater's daughter in this book this is a good idea like <laughs> but that on its own okay good idea but then i'm gonna let bond fuck her no why i why why are we doing this we don't know it's not said in print at the end but yeah it's weird but I, it's unprovoked it doesn't make any sense it's just like all of a sudden like gift of a daughter was the name of the chapter i'm like just, oh my god you can't be oh we're serious all right oh, it's just gross 
I don't know. I didn't particularly it, care for the idea about the, the 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 daughter. That is. I mean, we talked about, or we alluded, anyways, to the like shifting timeline and the never aging Bond. And fair enough. But at some point, you start doing things that just don't make any sense anymore. Like, well, how old is Bond if Cedar Lighter is a CIA agent? She's like, like twenty five ish. She, she's in her twenties. But it's not even a CIA agent. She's a quote, quote sleeper agent. She's trained by the CIA, but she hasn't done anything yet. So her first mission is go off with Bond and stop an international terrorist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They wouldn't have given her something easy like you know, uh, follow this guy around for the day and see how that goes. So no, no, no. You're gonna go <laughs> overseas. We're gonna send you over to MI6. You're gonna get. It just, it just didn't make sense. It's it's sloppy, like the. The entire setup is sloppy, and you get you get to America, and the under the guise of uh, Professor Pen Penbrunner. Penbrunner, I think. Penbrunner. Yeah. They, they're first accosted by a. Like, this is also something from Majesties, but except in Majesties, it's uh, it's Draco's men. That's uh, it's Best Macker's men yep. or Blofeld's men, and they. Yeah. Their first attempt, and I don't know why they're so aggressive, because in the, in the end, I mean. Yeah, I know it's it's Bullfell that can told him to rough them up, but she she wanted him to come to her. Or I, I <laughs> yeah, because they would have killed him in the elevator. That would have killed him for sure. If he hadn't gotten yeah. out, they would have killed him. So oh. if this plan was to lure him to Bullfell so she could do it herself, why kill him in the elevator in Washington if he was not just gonna get out of it? You just reminded me of. I wanted to bring this up. The elevator sequence. Do you think the? Uh, do, you th do you think Richard Mayburn read that when he wrote the script for A View to a Kill? Possibly. I know it's just well, a few years. Well, th they've they have taken some stuff from Gardner. They've picked and choose. You know, they pick and choose what they want. Certain things that they didn't have to necessarily buy the whole book or the whole story to use, but they've picked the they, little things off here and there. And I, I think I that yeah, maybe Richard Mayburn just kind of borrowed. <laughs> I know they they gave credit to. Uh, the Kingsley's Anus, Kingsley Amos estate for for Spectre, but the I, I you know officially I don't think they've ever given credit to where it's due. I mean, but it's not you know it's not a particularly exciting sequence. I've you know I've it was okay. I was all right. It was all right. I mean, I love when he he gets out and he's like, oh, the key to is sort of to make it appear like you, you go. You make it look like you know where you're, go you're going, basically. When you they start getting when you're getting, in a crowd, yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, that's. But there's nothing, there's nothing to borrow from this book. Like this book, besides that, there's nothing else that warrants. Like that's an action sequence that has nothing to do with the story. It's nope. not you know an interesting plot point. I got another one for you. Steel list from the, this book. Yeah, the, the, I got a great one, and uh, <laughs> but it's much better done in the movie. Uh, the the theft of a super weapon from a new from an army base, uh, isn't that from Goldeneye? Oh snap! Oh, but see, didn't he? Yeah, okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That that's absolutely Goldeneye. And later on, Broken Claw is uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. I haven't read that because Broken well, we're Claw not there the, yet. the whole. <laughs> Not there. Okay. So don't, when don't, we get don't. there, we'll get there. But think about it. That it's the same. But yeah. Okay. So Golden Eye. Yeah. They they might have picked out that. Do they read these books? Did they read these books in the eighties and think, well, you know, that would make a great movie. That would make a great scene for a movie. I, I don't think. Uh, you know, I said it as a joke, but I don't think they they necessarily. <laughs> are we we have to take that 
part, that little part of that book that was written <laughs> like twin, 10 years, 15 years ago, I don't think they, they went, but probably in somebody's brain, if they read that, it probably uh, uh, influenced the, the, the creation of that sequence in Golden Eyes in some way, but I, you know, mm. I doubt it. I just, it, it's, so, it, it's similar enough. To, to in the last in the last 45 minutes or so, we've got two positive things to say about this book, and we've got about 40 minutes of trashing it. So <laughs> maybe that's – we found some positive in it. Well, there's uh, – do, do you guys like ice cream? <laughs> you know, I, I like ice cream, but, I mean, I've never seen Red Bond eating ice cream or enjoying it. So I don't know. It's <laughs> – it it's was, very American. It, was it could weird. have been potato chips and it would have worked too. You know, it could have had a potato chip factory and it would have been very American. So that he got down. He knows what Americans want. They want to eat fatty foods and, you know, why not do mind control for ice cream? But I, I, you know, I was, when I was reading that book, because Fleming used to do this thing where he took either a, a, somebody that really existed or elements of, of, of history. And I was trying to find. If there was like an ice cream mogul that had some ties with the, <laughs> and you know, I, I lost interest and I didn't like pursue, but I'm like, I, and the fact that he has a monorail, you know, I, 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 I was thinking might have Ugh. based it on it's Simpsons, Walt Disney, Walt Disney had a monorail in his, uh, at his estate. So I'm, I was thinking, you know what, it's, it's, it's a muddled mess. There's also, uh, what's his name? Um, the the print mogul uh, from citizen that's based on citizen that citizen came is based right. on uh, what's his name uh, his his granddaughter was uh, kidnapped in uh, the um, yes, Stockholm syndrome yes 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 what is his name uh, the family doesn't own it anymore do they something um... well I, I, I there there were plot elements because that guy tried to have a political career but it it didn't really work at all. Um, so I, I, you know, but it's it's just a gargle mess. It's just uh, a millionaire. Just and it, it, in the end, it doesn't really matter because it's Nina Blofeld that's in charge of everything somehow. I've got it here. It's, it's uh, William Randolph Hearst of yes. the Hearst uh, Media Empire. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it was it was roughly maybe perhaps based on that or it's it's very similar to that just like i mean goldfinger was a real person and i've i've talked about it before uh, charles Englehart was a real person it was who fleming based goldfinger off of and i mean that's the best way to kind of create a, a villain is take it from real life I mean, i'm surprised no one has made a book with elon musk as being a villain because that that guy seems like he would be a perfect bond villain <laughs> you know we're watching diamond well, there's a little bit of Elon Musk and, and Gustav Grace when you think about it. <laughs> true that, true that. Well, what about Walter uh, Walter Loser? He's, oh. he's a kind of uh, interesting. Like visually, he's kind of interesting. He looks like a skull because he's had his re his face reconfigured after well, apparently after an automobile accident. Who knows what the real story is? But that visual from a visual standpoint, but that's just to throw us off. For a yeah. visual standpoint, it sounds amazing, but that's just to throw us off to think that he's a revived Blofeld. Yeah, I forget that they are trying to convince us that Blofeld is alive. You know, I wish Blofeld was alive again, not his daughter. It would have been more interesting. It would have been more interesting to say, oh, he survived the strangling. The, you know, or they it could have been more interesting. Revived somehow. And that's why like, he has a, a squeaky voice. It would have been more. Would make more sense. Well, he changes his appearance all the time, so yeah. it would make sense. But 
it would have kind of been like uh, the daughter is it's the fact that they do two characters daughters in the same book they do the felix Leiter's daughter and they do wolfeld's daughter in the same book kind of and for no reason for, yeah, for just for no reason it's, it's unprovoked and it's, it's unnecessary it. yeah they don't wrap it anything thematic what about a one-breasted woman Oh, the booby trap! It, 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 you know, I was like, I, I, I tried to research that, but I just, I think it's just cancer survivor. I don't think it's an actual. It, it, somebody might know, but it's just, I was just like, it's, you know, it's in in Fleming's turns. Like, there's two things that tell you if it's a bad guy: physical deformity or hmm. they're gay. Oh, so that's, well, that, that's, that's classic. <laughs> yeah, but Garner, you can tell this is how poorly Garner knows his Fleming, the guy who's gay in this book actually doesn't end up being the bad guy. So he messed up that uh, too. He, but he's he's one of the bad guys, not the lead bad guy, but he's a bad guy. I guess so. He is kind of still a bad guy. Yeah, he gets That's shot true. by you know just oh. But he's like bisexual, so he messed that up. You gotta make him gay. But it, gotta make him gay. <laughs> it, it's not the only like un Fleming esque thing that that happens in the book either because when he's um the, the first night he's there at rancho or whatever bismack or whatever he wants to call it um he turns down the drink that's being offered to him which is that that texas mint julep which also makes absolutely no sense um <laughs> he turns down that drink and he says no i want a vodka martini bond wouldn't have done that when bond is trapped by goldfinger on the ranch he's offered a mint julep he shuts up and he drinks it when he's sitting in M's office and they're drinking cognac. He doesn't say no. I want a martini instead. He sits there and he takes it and he enjoys it. That's how he learns. He he's open. It's not close. Like no, I want to bring my sob over across the ocean to to drive around the states with on the wrong side of the road, and I want to drink my vodka martinis the whole time. Oddly enough, it's very American. But like I, I'm gonna I'm going to a foreign country, but I'm gonna eat McDonald's still. Like I, I'm sorry to our American listeners. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 it is the cliche of, uh, and I've been. When you guys are gonna go to London, you're not gonna walk into Burger King and get a Whopper. I'm, I'm sure of it. You're gonna go and experience it for what it is. And that was Fleming in every book he did, every country they went to. Uh, he's eating local. So yeah, I mean, and you only have why twice, wouldn't he drink uh, local? For example, is ninety percent. Oh, I'm a local. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying it's, it's, it's travel log. But don't they go to a diner yeah. as they're driving down from Washington to Texas? Don't they stop out for a diner and Bond? He really he he uh, acknowledges that the the dish they had was very particularly good. They, they, it's not very long, but I feel like there's a little segment where they uh, get honestly, that. It, 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 ugh, it's, it's again going to America. But it's, I felt you know I felt when you, you're in your. Uh, perhaps not uh, Diamonds Are Forever but in Live It Let Die when he goes from New York to the Florida and the trip and it's I, I you know I I find it charming and travel logging and it made me want to go to New York when we actually I read that book but this book in particular I don't want to go I don't feel like I've they go all over the place and I never feel like I I know these places I've learned anything right well they're never really in Washington they're sort of like outside Washington so you don't get a really good feel for that and I mean the region there are the you know, the, the uh, part of Texas they're in Amarillo I don't think that's a particularly big town and and the place they're in is no. totally fictitious it's in the middle oh, of the desert and it's uh, the house from uh, gone with the wind 
Well, then that's that too. It's like, come on, it's a reproduction of the house from Gone with the Wind, the movie, not the book, and she recognizes it and she gets all, you know. Uh, but like, and then he, he he gets offered the drink by Bismacker, and it's it's a gin, it's gin and mint in in lieu of the bourbon and a mint julep, and it's like that doesn't seem too Texas to me. Wouldn't it be like two shots of tequila and you know maybe a beer would make more sense? Um, that, that it's, it doesn't feel like Gardner did his research about the region. He was setting that part of the story in either. With Fleming, I was always, when I was reading Fleming, I was always checking to see, to, to, to do research, but the, these past two books, I'm like, uh, there's nothing. Yeah, they no, feel, nothing. they feel like they, they're made up on the go and poorly researched. I'm sorry, Mr. He, Gardner. But he put more work into the sob than he did to oh, everything else. Then, like, it's like the goddamn sob has got this company did this and this company did this. And he's got this gun under the seat and he's got this and it's this turbo and it's tuned by this. Yeah, Who cares? That, like Bond would have never he would have done that with his he did that with his with his Bentley. And I can understand that. But this is a, a front wheel drive sob. This is not something Bond even a. Bond would never be frugal and Bond would never be like reasonable. I'm going to switch to light cigarettes and I'm going to buy a saw. That doesn't scream <laughs> on to me. That seems like you're a beatnik or you're maybe like, you know, uh, you could have bought a Jetta for, you know, it would have made more sense. But no, you put him in an XJS or put him in Advantage or put him in, you know, something cool. It's Bond. He needs to be suave. No one's cool in a sob. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, it, it's that older Bond that. Is- doesn't age you know it's it's that's it's it's, it's a weird you know they, they, they play with the notion of his age and it's just it's really bizarre but putting him in a sob doesn't make me feel like oh he's young again it just no, makes me he, feel like why like it feels like he doesn't have taste anymore and the interesting little passages now mind you this is not necessarily a criticism but I, I I couldn't help but notice the moments when Bond, either in his mind or or uh, through dialogue with Bismarcker, for example, was really like vouching for respect towards women. I felt that came up a few times. Yeah. Yes, like, uh, yes, that, that bothered me as well. That was kind of odd for the time. Like it makes sense today to maybe push that a little bit more, but for the 80s, it's like, wow, that's not Bond either. Bond would have just let it pass. He would have made a comment, but to like, I'm standing up for women all of a sudden. <laughs> it's, Do you it's, not it's, remember the line from Goldfinger when he slaps her on the ass and says, man talk? It's, come on, it's not it, Bond. It's, it just didn't work for me. And I, you know, and it's Fleming's Bond also, like, you know, not to be crass, but it's mentioned in books that he, he, he's used prostitute multiple times. Like you mm. only have twice, he goes to a brothel. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he's not. Yes, he's not. You know, he's, don't don't make the character, you know, nicer. I mean, in Forever in the Day that we, which we, I don't know if you've read it, but they, tr- yeah, they they did try to not make him too bad, but he's he's actually worse and. By worse, I mean good, uh, than he is in in this book. He's not very, he, he's not the, the 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 lovable rogue asshole that sleeps around, and you know he's just uh, he's just melt, melt. But that's Fleming, because Fleming was that rogue asshole yeah, who slept around. That's, because that's like, what I mean. Like, like I read want- his biography, and you know that 
that's basically his whole childhood was, you know, I'm just going to sleep around and, <laughs> you know, drive all over the place and I'm going to fool around in Austria. And, you know, it's uh, that's Fleming and that's what Bond was. And Horowitz is doing such a better job as a continuation author as anyone else has besides maybe Kingsley Amos. It's a shame that Amos didn't do more than that one because he Amos had the uh, advantage of writing his book in the same period as Fleming was writing and he was advantage of being active around the same time so the he, he kind of kept it in that time frame but then we had what 14 years between that and the first Gardner book and making a 14 year leap into the future is very hard and wasn't done very well Benson maybe does it a little bit better and I, not referencing the past too much even though he's well into the 90s uh, and everyone else kind of is besides Horowitz does a decent enough job. I mean, Deaver is, is, I don't know if you guys have read it or if you guys plan on doing a, is that uh, carte blanche? Carte blanche. I don't know if you guys are going to review that or if actually, you, but you I've, I've read that before. I think Edgar also has, it. uh, I read it back way back when it came out. I'm always excited when the new that, book comes out. So. That bothers me more, but the, at least the story was there, and at least the way that there were some aspects of how he brought Fleming into, uh, Bond into the future makes more sense because he just said, we're starting over with this. He doesn't really acknowledge the films at all. He kind of makes his own starting storyline, and that's fine. It was it was decent. There's a lot of things wrong with his book. There's but, a lot, but yeah, I get what you mean. He modernized the character without updating his past. He modernized the character exactly. So it's like let's redo everything and let's start over. We're not we're Casino Royale didn't happen. This is Bond for the for now. It's not you know Bond 14 years into the future, and <laughs> we're just he's driving around in a sob and smoking light cigarettes. It's it's there's some it, Benson does it in the 90s but Benson kind of like you know he acknowledges the present time but he doesn't acknowledge the past like he makes some references to it whereas Gardner is too concerned with keeping it within the timeline but it doesn't make sense because if he's in his mid 40s and you only live twice um in the man with the golden gun he'd be in his 60s by now and is he really going to be in active service he'd probably wouldn't be because Fleming was dead before his 60s so we would assume that if Bond is following the same lifestyle he'd probably be in poor health it feels like uh, fan fiction but you know we have to move on with the plot because we've, we've been traveling yeah. this book so he, he goes to America There's he's accosted by the goons they escape he gets he, he gets rid of the 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 the, the, the costume the identity of Penbrunner mm. finally makes it to uh, Amarillo after the uh, failed attempt in the, the the second hotel I guess um then we meet all the crew um and we meet Nina Bismacker and you're supposed to think that she's sort of a, it, 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 she tells a story but it's obviously fake Uh, they mean the story of her of her upbringing, her childhood, and uh, no, but her like, like part of it it must be true. Part of it is fake because obviously she's in charge of the operation. It's not Bismacker that is in charge. Or you know, well, I think the book what the book is trying to do is to make us believe that Walter uh, Luger is 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 in charge because he seems to be a little bit more in command. He seems to be the more stoic of those characters. He seems to obviously, he's obviously the creepier yeah. of those characters. Oh yeah. Um, again, it's it's. I feel. Uh, yeah, it's it's too, maybe few too many, uh, too many cooks in the kitchen with uh, Bismarcker. Bismarcker seems. 
a little bit, a little bit too not in, to say incompetent, but he he doesn't give the uh, necessarily the the type of the aura of someone that would be the head villain of someone. So he's, he's not driving the car. Oh he's in the car, but he's not driving the car. Oh my god! That just you know we just reviewed Die Another Day, but it is like Die Another Day uh, again because you got. Uh-huh. The guy who's sort of deformed because of plastic surgery. Yeah. You got the flippant <laughs> dude, and you have the traitor, like the the the, the Miranda Frost as Nina. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it mirrors it quite a bit, but it's not pure. as. Die another day does a better job. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man, we've been praising Die Another Day. I I, I feel like we should really. We- which is which is you know really odd because it's it's really at the bottom of my barrel for movies, but yeah, it's it does this it does what what Gardner tried to do better. Um, well, I mean, they had better actors and they had they had maybe a little bit of a better storyline, even if it's kind of recycling. Di- uh, Diamonds are forever with the whole satellite powered by diamonds and the Moonraker diamonds, book. Anyway, uh, but yeah, you know, well, there you go. There's there's like kind of everything you know recycling everything into one he's gardeners recycling a lot of things too and and a lot of you know it's recycled and lazy writing i mean they could have had a ghostwriter do this they didn't have to put gardener's name on it they could have had anyone write this well what do we think of um you know speaking of advancing the plot and so on and so forth so bismarcker wants to purchase these prints and oh, he and bond strike a deal he and bond strike a deal well how about you, James Bond? Oh, no, well, yes, true. He he he's not really undercover. He presents himself as James Bond. So Bismarcker says, "Well, how about he and uh, Walter Luger race, and whoever wins, you know, dep- see if I, I pay up or you have to pay me, whatever." The, I can't remember what the deal is, but what I'm getting at is the race itself. Mm-hmm. The following morning, what what did you guys think about that, Emer- uh, Emery? I think the race in. Um uh, the first Horowitz book was was better because it was more in the times and it made more sense. Mm. Whereas this one, it was, it's okay, but it's kind of like, you know, ah, uh, well, you know, Bismacker made all this money from ice cream and he's got this whole compound where he's got his own, you know, track. and um, But it's a Grand Prix track and they're racing streetcars. So it's kind of like, it, as a car enthusiast, it kind of doesn't make sense. Like you wouldn't necessarily race these cars on this kind of track. Um, and let's do 10 laps and then there's the, the fire and his yeah. car automatically, you know, uh, puts itself out. And I mean, like, oh, okay, yeah. you're, you're ignoring the fact that he's sleeping with the girl from Q branch, oh, obviously at the beginning that. of the book, he's <laughs> sleeping with quote unquote, you know, Ann Riley, quote unquote, cute. He's sleeping with her obviously in the beginning of the book, which is Fleming never had bond sleep with any of anyone who worked at MI6. You know, he didn't let them dip his pen in the company ink, but Gardner's like, ah, screw it. He's going to sleep with a girl from Q Branch. Q Branch doesn't set up his car at all. He says, screw Q Branch. I'm going to set up my car myself with all these safety features. And, you know, I get firebombed. Well, the car is going to, you know, you know, put itself out. That was ah, and I again, it's, it's a Shelby GT350, which is a powerful. 60s muscle car that wouldn't have been able to negotiate those turns in that track so it's in uh, unrealistic with the car mm. that are on there because it's a sob against you know a powerful muscle car so it's kind of like you know 
take today and you would take, you know, a, a souped up Mustang against a souped up Honda Civic and the Civic <laughs> driver is going to say, yeah, my car has got more horsepower and then, but who's going to win the race? It's going to be the Mustang. It, everyone knows that. So it just didn't make sense for them to be racing on that track. It would have made more sense if they had just flown him over without his car and he ended up there by some other means. He took a train or he took a bus or it doesn't matter how he gets to Texas. He gets to Texas and they lend him a car and the car is booby trapped and that would have made, and he gets out of it through his pure driving skill would have made for a better car chase and a better, you know, race scene. Then I brought over my custom Saab that puts itself out when it catches fire because Saabs catch fire all the time. And it's something that I absolutely need. His cars catch fire. He's James Bond. He's he puts his life on the line all the time, people. And you know it. It, it, it just uh, just the fact that he brings his own personal car on a business that uh, bothered me just, a lot, and that he insisted with M. I need to bring this car. Like he knew that he was going to need it over there. Yeah. How would you know that you need to bring your car? America has cars. And America has British cars. If they had racing, say, you know, the same car side by side and his was booby trapped. And I can understand that. And they could have put him in the kind of like a Goldfinger situation where he's trying to get away from the other guy, like in the movie where he's driving around Goldfinger's lot and he gets caught at the end because, you know, he gets stumbled or whatever. And he, he crashes the car and they, they capture him or whatever. That would have been fine if he was car was sabotaged and he gets out and he says, well, you sabotaged my car and you then prove it. Then he kind of, you know, kidnaps him or whatever. That could have been a nice plot twist there rather than he brought over his sob that puts itself out when it catches fire. That, yeah. it, would have, me, it, would have that it would have challenged Bond more, it would have challenged him more. Whereas now he clearly yeah. has the upper hand with this, with this car, which. And they could have just, they could have burned the sob there. And then the next book, he could have got a nicer car. <laughs> that would have been more pleasing ah, while well, the sob's gone we that lasted two books a little bit weird that he calls it the silver beast i don't know james Ugh. bond doesn't strike me as someone that would get he never names gave a to. name to his yeah. his old car it's just, you know oh he called the bentley the locomotive he did he oh, did he i don't remember that i don't know yeah that. but the second bentley he had not the first one the first one he didn't name but i believe the second one that M buys him after Mootenraker. There was a book where he trashes the car and, and M buys the new one. I, I thought he, he, he had the, the car rebuilt after Moonraker. I, I didn't think he didn't think. Or it may, I may be remembering it wrong, but I remember M pays for something for it to be either rebuilt or he buys him another one and built the spec or anyway. He, he this the second iteration of his of his Bentley he names the locomotive if I'm not oh. mistaken because well, I don't think that the second Bentley was the same as the first but maybe I'm misremembering. Oh, then I stand corrected. I, I, I apologize to John Garner and his family <laughs> and his estate for thinking it's silver. So I could have called it the silver bullet and he could have, you know, coaxed Coors into giving some money through that too. Because mm. <laughs> would have made, you know, okay. if he's going for the whole weird product placement thing, I mean, throw someone else in there. Or mm. killed a few werewolves uh, uh, while driving. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, 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 there's the race car. There's... there's they're an attempt to, uh, with ants. Uh, yes. Yeah, that was a little strange. <laughs> that felt Indiana Jones. I was like. Yes. Yes. Very Indiana Jones and not Bondish at all. But even at that, killing him with a bug, they did that in Dr. No. True. 
Yeah. The, so I, it's it's I, again lazy recycling. Let's well, how did we try to kill them in the other books? Well, they used a centipede in one. Well, let's use ants in this one. They used a spider in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. What's left in the creepy crawly world of bugs that we can just throw in there? You know what they could have done is they could have. Uh, I'm a little surprised they didn't try to end the book. I mean, they do end it in, in the Bayou. In Louisiana, but that Bond didn't have to contend necessarily with the big... Although maybe that would have been too much like the squid in Dr. No. Or the snake in Moonraker, the film. Right. That's a big moment in you that movie. You have to remember that those, those movies are fresher yeah. in people's minds. And I feel like he's not writing really writing Fleming's Bond. He's, he's writing Roger Moore. The entire time I'm seeing Roger Moore. But poorly. But poorly. Because if he had taken the the... I mean, this is in 82, so this would have been right before Octopussy and right after... Um, Fries only. Uh, license Renew was on par with Roger Moore from from that era, but this one is... is uh, but if you're in that if you're in that era, why wouldn't you write it as that era? Because everyone's watching those movies, so why wouldn't you kind of write Moore's Bond in there? And with, you know, some maybe wittier catchphrases or remarks rather than what they did because he's he's got no wit there's no little there's no campiness to it i mean if they put more camp in it i would have maybe been a little bit happier and said well you know it was written in roger moore's era and it makes more sense for it to be like that it's it's just bland i would have thought the camp came from the stem from the idea of the uh hypnosis drug being uh, buried in ice cream i thought that was the camp (laughs) And I'm not saying it's, but a, that it's a great idea. But that was so much later in the book it's so that, late. you know. It's, it, you know, this, and the plot elements are just dropped. The, the, the thing with the, 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 the NORAD space program is so, like, I fer- it's mentioned earlier in the book, but at the time I, I got to that chapter, I'm like, and, and Bond's reaction is, oh, it's this. I'm like, what, what the hell is he talking about? Like, <laughs> he had, like I'm like, what the f- Frack. What the freaking? No, seriously, it's so out of left field. And then he he gets grabbed and he gets drugged and he's I'm general so and so and I'm like yeah I'm I'm so not with that book when I'm like I, I honestly I couldn't wait for the audio book to end when I got to the chapter where, he, where he's brainwashed. It's just I was not. Yeah, it was a little because you know he's gonna get out of it after a while, and it takes a long time. Well. That's actually not true because it's revealed that his gay lover gave him the the necessarily pills to uh, to not be hypnotized for for very long. So in actuality, for the majority of that sequence, he actually knows he's James Bond. He's just trying to play the part of General So and So. Yeah, not, I was about to say Bismarcker, but that's not who he's playing. <laughs> I don't remember. Banks? It's a uh, General Banker. Banker, Mister Banker. Thank General you, Banker. <laughs> So, yeah, and then there was a whole um, Mike Mazard thing that the 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 kind of mob goons that they hired that nice. kind of like show up at the end like you know, that was unnecessary. That's just confusing. I don't know why they could have just been some random goons and they could have just you know take care of it. They they take care of it. She Blofeld calls him at the you know somewhere in the middle of the book to say you know you guys messed up, but like it, it was it, he didn't need to be anywhere near this they could have just had some random goons they didn't have to name them they didn't have to make a big deal about his background either uh yeah that's it yeah it feels like those characters are going to be a lot more important than they end up being really i mean they're there for the hotel scene 
which was, you know, it's, it's an okay scene. I didn't mind it really that much. And then they're never heard from again. Well, no, it's not true. There, I, I think Mike Mazard is there at the end or something. Like that. Mike Mazard ha- shows up later for the for the mountain yeah, scenes where they're true. where they're breaking in. He ha- shows up then, but there's there's no mention of him for a hundred some odd pages. So it's, we don't know what he's involved in. All of a sudden, he's there and he's you know a, a principal part of all this. It's it doesn't make sense. It, it's 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 just let's bring him back for the sake of bringing him back because he was in the beginning of the book and we made such a big deal of naming him <laughs> so poignantly that we have to bring him back for something else later. Sounds like Mike Hazard, which is a much better name. Wasn't it one of the? It sounds like a uh, the name that uh, Bond assumed when he uh, in the Men with the Golden Gun. Wasn't he made something Hazard? Couldn't be. I don't remember that. Oh, he was named something silly. Yeah, when he goes to meet. Um, uh, Scaramanga, I forget what he had a silly cover name too that that he had never used because before he was always using um, James. Oh, I'm blanking uh, that too. something something. Yeah, he had another cover name that he used for years, and then he just changed it for the man with the golden gun. Sinjin oh, Smythe. Sinjin Smythe. Uh, oh no, I'm James. Yes. Stuck. No, that's uh, that's a uh, view to uh, a kill. I know. I'm just. You Saint John. <laughs> you Saint John Smith. I'm sorry, my dear. Sinjin Smythe. <laughs> <laughs> and he says it so many times in that movie too. He just repeats it, repeats like, it, repeats it. Okay, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> he just loves saying it. That's how we pronounce it. It's Saint John Smythe, but it's uh, Sinjin Smythe. <laughs> hmm. I miss Roger Moore. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I mean, so we, we were at, yeah, there, there, what else happens? I mean, at one point, Cedar just leaves the book. She just like, yeah, oh, she kind of disappears I'm, for a little bit. She's like, I'll, I'll, I'll meet you at the end. I'm, I'm just going to go this <laughs> way. She, yeah, it's like, well, she had no CIA training, so there was no point for her being there anyway. Yeah. So it's just kind of that. convenient that she just shows up later. There's no point in her being in this book. I agree with that. <laughs> it it doesn't add anything. They could have replaced all of her scenes with aid from Felix from afar, and he could have done this whole thing solo without her. And she is useless throughout the whole thing. Yeah, she's not. She's not very memorable. There's nothing that I from from her that I can say. Oh yeah, she she brought something. She she was an interesting character. No, she just she just there. Just sexual tension. It's, it's creep it's factor twelve. Yeah, but Bond has a constant boner when she's around, but he keeps telling himself, you know, I'm not supposed to do it. You know, you're my, he, she's, this is my daughter's, my daughter's best friend. What? My, friend. my best friend's daughter. So <laughs> funny says it's okay. Yeah, yeah I just do it, man. It's much creepier what you just said, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> creep, creep factor 20. <laughs> but it was it was a creepy and it, it ruined the whole book for me at the end you read that last part it's like oh and then felix showed why? up what the hell you're kidding me you can't do that no it reminds me of the episode of the sense where they're they're spoofing <laughs> that book what's it called uh animal farm is it no some some book where uh, kids are trapped on an island and uh well lord of the flies lord of the flies and at the end, like uh, the narrator's like, uh, and um, uh, so uh, Mo showed up and saved all the kids. Boom! At the end, that's how the episode <laughs> ends. I'm like, what? What? No, and Felix showed up and killed everyone. I'm like, okay. That's yeah, all. that was a little bit. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know why I told myself, or or I why I did not tell myself that Felix later 
would probably show up considering that his, his daughter is the leading lady in this book. But yeah, he shows up so... It's almost like Goldfinger, remember in Goldfinger at the end where he shows up with the bazooka? It's like, oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. Felix Slider could have been here all this time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it, it is... Um, it, it is... Okay. Um, I think we all agree it's the worst Bond book uh, Edgar and I have read so far. Uh, so far? Well, yeah. Well, I would... I would I'd rather it's better than Je- it's 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 Jeffrey Deaver's uh, Carte Blanche is better than this, and it's it Carte Blanche is a bad book, but I, it's I better you, than this. I have the haziest of memories of Carte Blanche, so I, I can't really comment. Uh, I remember having to try twice to finish that book, so uh, I'll get there to, to when I get there. I want to go through the entire canon. Uh, well, at least get further into the the, the Bond canon. I mean, if all the Gardner's book. All of Gardner's books are like this. It might take us a while. We might have to take breaks, uh, read some Young Bond, read some Miss Moneypenny Diaries. Uh, Young Bond is, is you're you're getting to a whole different bag of worms with that because it's it's uh, it's it's completely it's completely different in the sense that it's 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 still kind of fantastical because it's you know you wouldn't believe that a 13 year old boy is going through all this. But it kind of lays a better backstory than than what we get from Fleming. There's, there's kind of you know more to it than so it's interesting, but it's not. I don't know. It, the it, you, I think you kind of got to separate the canon into almost two. You got to kind of get take Gardner and Benson and put those two together, and then everything else that's been done recently, uh, Duffel May Care, uh, Solo, and then. Uh, Trigger Mortis and and um, Forever in a Day, they kind of all fit into the with uh, sorry Colonel Sun as well, kind of fit into the original Fleming continuity, and the Young Bond is kind of like it's it's a hint that it could be part of the continuity, but hmm. at the same time, I'm not sure that everything belongs there. Yeah, but Gardner definitely i i wouldn't read devil may care and etc cetera, etc cetera, and get to trigger mortis and then pick up license renewed because it it's it's not going to follow it's 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 not going to feel like we're in the same universe it's such a a big departure from everyone else's continuation of even devil may care is not necessarily the strongest in the continuation novels that are in the same canon but it's still at least true to fleming's canon well, uh, since uh, let me ask you this, uh, Emery, have you read all of the Gardeners? I haven't read all of the Gardeners. I've read a good portion of them. I haven't read them in order either. I've read the first three in order, and then everything else I've kind of picked up what I can, where I can, from either used bookshops or hmm. uh, taking the chance on Amazon to get a paperback. But I've got a lot of the the original hardcovers. Um, so I've maybe read five or six of them and uh, the first couple ones are, are harder to read because they're, they're kind of in the same essence of places renewed and, and for special services, but the other ones do get better. They're still weird because they're in the eighties and nineties, but they get better in terms of the plot and the plot twists and, um, they, they seem more feasible as bond novels than okay. this one does. Okay, all right. Because he has, he did write a lot of them. He wrote more than Fleming, so, I think. So for this, he did write more than Fleming in terms of novels. I think he he wrote twelve or thirteen actual novels, where you know Fleming had those the short stories in between. But he wrote Gardner wrote more full novels. But I mean, that's pretty, you know, it's still pretty the, impressive. I mean, for the estate to give him a 
carte blanche, so to speak, to just keep on writing. I think it's impressive that they let him continue after for special services. Uh, yeah, there is because they didn't let Sebastian Falk continue after Devil May Care, so, and Jeffrey Deaver didn't get called back either. Oh my God, yeah, but you know what I didn't like about Jeffrey Deaver? Just to segue for a second, is that the way he wrote that way the book reads reads like somebody's blog post. Each chapter feels like somebody yeah. wrote for maybe an hour before going to bed and wrote a chapter, wrote another chapter. It is, it, 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 it doesn't have the flavor that. You know, Fleming gave mm. title, name titles. He named this chapter. It just, it just, yeah. It, there's something beautiful about that. That Gardner, at least, I didn't like the book particularly well, but I kind of like that. All you have chapters for all mm. name, name chapters. He made the effort. Yeah. He made the effort to name the chapters and to to kind of respect that. But one of the things that in in Deaver and that I can compare directly to Gardner is, uh, in Carte Blanche, he's in south africa driving uh, a subaru and <laughs> that doesn't make sense for bond either like why would he be bombing around in a subaru that's no that's even if you're in another country it subaru doesn't scream south africa either <laughs> it, it 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 doesn't make sense there either like and it's it's a it's funnily enough it's a demonstration of how important the brands are in in bond whether it's the film uh, or the books the literary literary bond the brands are important because the brands are associated right. with certain brands with a certain sophistication are associated with the character and super and card wash was marketed with Bentley with the night with the box with the with the the car covering the, that was that was cool but the book was just lackluster in comparison to everything else and he doesn't drive that car anywhere else but you know for a few scenes in London like the rest of the book happens elsewhere yeah, yeah, I'd have to reread that. Well, we will eventually. It's uh... to find my copy. Uh, you might have uh, lost it. Yeah, no, this uh, this book really. I'm glad we we, we got through it. Yeah, you, you got to take the good with the bad. I mean, sometimes the bad is there to remind you just how precious the good is. Mm-hmm. Like, um, that oh, makes, absolutely. I, I appreciate license renewed more now. Like, oh, that was <laughs> that was kind of good by comparison. But I'm, I, like I said, I'm not, a, and I know they come back, but I, they don't. I mean, Bluff, Bluff, there's no more Blofeld after this book, thank God. But uh, I know Spectre comes back, but uh, Spectre comes back. Blofeld, I, if I'm remembering correctly, doesn't. But Spectre comes back in some way, shape, or another. But some of the other books don't have anything to do with Spectre, and they're they're just fine. Like there's one, um, there, there's two in particular where go into realistic. Uh, spy rings and realistic spy like operations that actually would happen in real life and 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 make sense you know the whole honeypot thing from no deals mr bond and there's another one where it's a um a berlin spy ring the east berlin that they're they're cracking these are things that would have actually happened and actually make sense it's not fantastical millionaire with a ranch out in the middle of a texas desert it would it would be things that are more spy craft and and get more interesting so gardner gets better but don't look for it here i I hope i hope this is the worst it gets uh yes it is i'll I'll tell you that from what i've read in gardner this is the worst it gets thank you (laughs) i give you a little sliver of hope this is the worst gardner book for sure (laughs) and and license renewed and, and for special services are are kind of at the bottom there they get better from here that's a bit of a relief because we have a heck of a lot more of these to read. Yeah, I know. Yes. Because, uh, yeah, the, 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 we, we got, what, 12 more? 
Whew. Yeah. At least, yeah. At least the worst is done so far. Hmm. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I have a question for for everyone on on this uh, this this uh, podcast. What you want to know? I want to know. Do, well, I do know. I, I do know. I have to say it. It's not a question. It's a statement. We have people everywhere. We do have people everywhere, like Emery Cormier. Emery Cormier. 0070 yes. Podcast. <laughs> do you want to tell people where they can find you? Uh, I'm primarily on, well, of course, the podcast you can get from Apple Podcasts. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, I'm there. Thanks to Anchor for pushing that everywhere. Um, I'm primarily my social media presence is uh, obviously Instagram double seven underscore intrepid. Uh, I also do have a blog uh, intrepid double seven dot wordpress dot com. Don't look for anything recent there because there really hasn't been because I've been concentrating a lot more on the podcast and I do have a Facebook page. I'm not necessarily using it too much. Uh, it's basically just recycling stuff from Instagram right now. That's perfectly fine if you. It's it's it's, it's being uh, ecologically inclined, like Gardner recycle. <laughs> exactly recycled. <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, as for the James Bond complex, we're a little bit everywhere too. Uh, we're at the www.thejamesbondcomplex.com, uh, which is also the Tumblr account. We have a Facebook page, search for the James Bond Complex. We have a Twitter account, search for at the Bond Complex. We are on Instagram as well, search for the James Bond Complex. Uh, we are hosted, much like the 007 Intrepid Podcast, we're hosted at anchor.fm. Uh, thank you, of course, for that. Uh, free things are nice in life. We like free <laughs> things. Speaking of free, uh, you can watch us for free on YouTube. And you can listen to us for free on not just Google Play, on the Google Play Store, but also iTunes. Uh, search for the James Bond Complex, subscribe, write a review, and leave us a five-star glowing Golden Gun review. Uh, we're on the social medias individually. I'm primarily on Twitter at double O pop. That's double underscore O-H underscore. I'm at Matt O'Claire on Twitter, but I'm actually not doing much on twitter but i'm mostly on instagram at matthew 007 i'm that original um so it's sexy matthew it's sexy i mean for for us <laughs> sexy the james bond complex will return in something else and mm. i don't know when we're gonna post this episodes uh probably yeah it's probably going up in a few weeks uh to, yeah. be, to be honest but, but maybe it would let the let's let us uh, let the listeners know like do you have anything uh, what things that may have already been released by the time this comes up but do you have any big uh big plans for the 007 uh, 007 podcast what the intrepid 007 podcast That's uh right. yeah well i'm i'm looking at possibly doing some video content um Ooh. but i'm not sure how that's gonna come about just as of yet so spoilers because things will have progressed by the time this comes out um but um well what, what's kind of i don't know how, how we could do this but we've already been to the casino <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm, I'm a big you know poker player too so the whole casino thing i've always wanted to have uh, a custom poker table and i've thought about doing it like a thousand different ways um, and last year for Christmas, um, my brother-in-law gave my boys a uh, pool table slash um, air hockey table. So the mm. tops kind of slide out. 
Yeah. And I thought, well, I'm playing poker on this pool table all the time anyway. So why don't I just make a pool table insert for this table? So that's kind of like an idea that has mm. come about recently and I've researched exactly how I'm going to do it. And, and I'm going to customize Casino Y on top of it. And that's exactly what I'm doing. That is exactly what I'm doing. The logo's designed. I've already nice. talked to a printer. It's it's all coming together shortly. Uh, possibly the beginning of next year, I'll have revamped the whole table to kind of set that all up. So I'm thinking about doing a video of it. I'm just not sure how I'm going to present it or how I'm going to edit it or all that logistical stuff hasn't been figured out, but that's kind of where I'm going to maybe do some videos. I'm not too keen of having my face in the videos. Uh, you know, I, I think we need to wrap this up. I mean, it's it's getting yeah. late. We've been recording all day, and Edgar had, you know, <laughs> Edgar has been a low on fuel the entire day. Uh, he's been <laughs> a real champ, but hmm. if you see him right now, like his eyes are slowly closing yeah closing he's losing power something to do with you uh, emery or you matthew it's all john garner's fault <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure it is i'm sure it is i had trouble finishing it but anyway it's, uh it's something um, else i'll have bought you a beer next week when uh, this comes out uh, so sure, yeah, no i don't know worries. timeline how this works in the in the canon of our conversation but no worries buddy i'll, I'll treat you at the at the casino don't oh, worry about no it no worries about it uh, well, Real thank champ. You, thank you very much for... Uh, thank you for being there. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Toujours un plaisir. Merci. À la prochaine. Au revoir. Merci. Bye -bye. Au revoir.